Hey y'all, it's me again, Bonnie Violet. I just wanted to take a second and thank my Patreon members. Patreon members are folks who contribute on a monthly basis, anywhere from $3 to $150 a month to support the work of a queer chaplain. Big shout out to Victoria Thompson, Jason Brandt, Brandon Stanton, Kim Silva, Brandy McCarg, Randy Sandnot, Bob Kaiser, Joey Heckmeister, Violet Rhiannon, Gabriel, Jonathan, Patrick and Todd Atkins Whitley. Thank you so much for your continued contributions. And if you're interested in joining the Patreon, just check the link in the description. Go to patreon.com forward slash Bonnie Violet. Thanks so much. Bye bye. going. I'm Bonnie Violet. I'm a trans femme genderqueer spiritual drag artist and digital chaplain. Um, and you have found yourself at Say Something, which is a time that I take once a week on Sundays at 3.33 p.m. Um, Mountain Standard Time and talk for about 20 or 30 minutes on something that is on my mind. Um, if you're not aware of who I am, I am a queer chaplain and I do a number of podcasts and have many conversations with people who do drag and people who are transgender um, and all and um, talking about their experience with spirituality and religion and their art and their transgender identity and and all that sort of stuff and um, so this is a series that I'm doing as part of my trans spirit podcast um, so if you are um, unable to make this right now I'm live on YouTube. Um, but um, you might be coming across this later when we're not live or potentially on a podcast um, in just audio format. Regardless of where or when you find this, um, feel free to engage with me in the comments, um, send me messages or whatever. I'd really love to hear from folks. Um, my intention is really to, one, um, one be able to begin to put my experience um, into words. Um, this is a great process for myself. I tend to do better speaking at rather than like writing things. And so this is an opportunity for me to speak to my experience with something, um, as well as potentially maybe, um, you, um, can identify with something that I'm sharing, um, that might, you know, aid you in your own journey and your own experience. So, um, Today um, is episode three of this season, um, and it is also two years um, that I've been on hormones. Um, 
I started, uh, I started my transition more than a couple of years ago, as far as like socially and um, in my own mind and head and spirit. Um, but as far as like um, choosing to take hormones um, to, uh, to, uh, to continue to affirm uh, my experience of my journey uh, with gender and, and just my spirituality. And so um, that was two years ago today. Um, and I thought I would just take a moment to reflect on that a little bit. Two years is not a long time, but it is a long time. And a lot has happened in that time frame. Um, so just like a little bit of leading up to um, starting hormones two years ago, um, I had, hmm, how do, how do I explain it? So I'd already, I'd already been um, living um, in my own understanding of transness, I had been going by Bonnie Violet um, for probably about a year or so by that time. Um, and uh, I've been using she pronouns for nearly a decade now. So um, my transition or my, I don't even know if transition, but my ability to um, own and live into and hold um, my transness um, has been a journey. Um, and an evolution over time. And so though it might've seemed like all of a sudden I was going by Bonnie Violet and all of a sudden I was trans, it didn't quite happen that way. Um, And I think that that's probably a common experience potentially um, for folks um, and maybe not for others um, in kind of coming to decide on going on hormones and and those sorts of things, or even just living into my trans identity. there was much of my life and even up until um, I kind of was able to claim being a trans person, I often didn't feel like I was trans enough. Um, And this is something that I hear a lot from people um, that I'm not trans enough, whatever that means. I think we all have this ideal or this um, expectation maybe of what it means to be transgender, um, what it means to transition, Um, and I think for many of us, we don't necessarily fit into that one narrative. Um, you know, nowadays, thankfully there's a lot of different narratives and there's a lot of different people living differently as trans people. And there's lots of opportunities, I think, for, for us to see ourselves in other people's experience. I know for me, a big part of me being able to come into the fullness of who I am today Um, really took me being able to see myself reflected in others in the ways that they presented themselves and the ways that they spoke about their experience. Um, uh, Because I, I think, I think life is all about, as I get older, I realize that my journey is really about becoming and it's about becoming more of who I am and being able to be more connected with that. Um, and who I am sounds a little, um, cause like I have a soul and my soul is who I am. My body and all this is just like, you know, it's, it's part of it, but it's not who I am. Um, it is a way that I express myself. It is a way that, um, I can communicate, um, to the world and to myself, um, and even commune with God or my higher power, um, in a way that, um, that hopefully brings life and, and creates some sort of connection um, over like division. Um, I do think that um, 
uh, one of the things I've talked about uh, last week, I mentioned um, in the previous day something was this idea of like, was I born trans or am I just trans now? Or was it something that came later on in life? And, and that I don't know. I don't know what the answer is to that. And I don't think it really matters, but I think because I had that belief that I had to feel like I was a woman trapped in a man's body. Um, I think that kept me from leaning into um, how I understand myself today. So um, in talking about like not feeling trans enough, I remember feeling nervous about um, when I went, actually went in and met with my doctor, it was actually during COVID. So I wasn't actually able to go in and physically meet with my doctor. It was over telehealth. Um, and I had actually already had scheduled an appointment before and had canceled it um, about five months prior to that. And so I kind of went back and forth on this decision of whether or not to even go on hormones to begin with. Um, I was really fearful that um, uh, I would lose people in my life, um, whether that was family, friends. Um, I, I was concerned about how um, the world and how society in, in general, how I would be received and how I would be able to navigate through it um, as a trans person and as identifying as one. And so um, I think that deterred me a little longer than what I thought that there was this fear of whatever. Um, and at some point in time, it just got to a point where I was more afraid to not, um, to not transition or not try hormones or not try um, on this other parts of myself in order to see if they fit rather than, you know, waiting even further. I was already 40, you know, and I just couldn't imagine, you know, coming to having these questions and these wonderings and these um, thoughts for say 20 more years and then being like, Oh, yep, that's it. And then, and then starting my process. Then I think whenever we get there, we get there. But I think there was a part of me that was just like, let's just, let's just see. Um, I have um, always been a fairly intuitive and spiritual person um, and mind person more so than my body. Um, my body has been a very difficult place for me to live in and to reside in and to feel really connected with. And so um, when it even came to my transition, I wasn't necessarily like, um, I had had experiences through drag where I had dressed more feminine, wore more feminine clothing and was able to express myself in a more feminine way in which I felt, um, I felt, I just felt comfortable. I felt pretty. I felt uh, sexy. I felt um, connected. I felt like I was inside my body in a way that I hadn't been before. And so I had kind of those experiences of being able to like, wear clothing a certain way or kind of um, I don't know, just adorn myself in a way that felt more feminine um, uh, and to a degree that I felt like I hadn't really allowed myself much in my life. And so, um, and so as far as like the body changes go, I wasn't like necessarily, I want to go on hormones so that I can have breasts or that I can grow hips or that I can, um, we, you know, all those sorts of things that happen with hormones. For me, it was more of an intuition. There was more of like a, an intuition um, that having the hormones in my body would awaken something within me and within my body um, that had been malnourished um, or 
was just waiting to be given life. And um, I felt like this medication was going to do that. Um, And so I remember um, going into my appointment and I was so nervous about, again, about not being trans enough, like that I wasn't going to be able to, because I feel like it feels like a gatekeeping process where you have to like go to the doctor and like prove that you're trans enough or prove that you're like, it just feels like, um, or it felt like I needed to like say the right things or do the right things in order to really get what I want or to be seen or to be heard in the way that I saw myself. And so I just had a lot of anxiety and fear that um, something was going to happen to where I wasn't going to be able to finally start this medication and start this um, part of my journey. Um, Like I just felt like something might get in the way of it. And I was so concerned that, um, that that might happen. And so it wasn't really about an idea of like for myself, but more of like, am I going to be able to, is the doctor going to see this in me? And uh, of course that all went away. Um, It was really easy for me to share my experience with myself. Um, There wasn't any pressure. There wasn't any like, um, you know, like it wasn't like I felt like I had to say things that weren't true. I felt like I was able to just like reflect on my journey up to that point. And I just, I had so many indicators and so many experiences that just reinforced and affirmed Um, how I'd come to see myself at this point in my life as a trans person. And so it was really easy to have that conversation actually with the doctor and the doctor was very affirming by the end of the appointment. And I was really, really excited. Um, I hadn't necessarily felt the excitement um, or I I I hadn't labeled it excitement yet. I think sometimes anxiety can feel it or even excitement can feel as anxiety or fear, or I think sometimes they're one in the same where they can, present in similar ways. And um, my understanding of what's going on might change. But um, I remember at that appointment, just being so excited about starting hormones. And because I had taken so long to even get to the point to start and had canceled appointments, I like, I just didn't want want anything to stop me from going. And I remember um, when I met with her, she, I was like, okay, great. And then we decided to start hormones. And then she said, um, she said, okay, well, um, read this paperwork and then uh, schedule a follow-up appointment. And then when you come in for your follow-up appointment, we'll make sure you still want to be on it. And then we'll go from there. And I was just like, what? <laughs> I like freaked out. I actually started crying. I got really upset because I had really felt like I was ready to start then and now. And um, uh, she, uh, and, and again, like those, that was one of the affirming things within me uh, about how my body was reaction reacting to what was going on in a way that I hadn't been fully, I think, able to connect to or present to, you know, sometimes I feel like those things have to happen to kind of affirm and tell me what's going on for me. Um, but anywho, um, I went ahead and, uh, she said, um, she put me on a list for cancellations. And then by next week I was able to meet with her again and check in and, and start my hormones. And so, um, I remember, a year ago, it was April 16th, and I remember going to the pharmacy. I was living in San Francisco at the time and going and picking up my my uh, hormones and uh, met my medication, my medicine. And I went to the pharmacy and I had, um, I had kind of figured, I felt like I really wanted to do something to really, um, something spiritual, uh, something to really honor and uh, kind of support um, this physical transition uh in like a spiritual way and so i was able to connect with um 
Linda Summers, who is a dear friend of mine, um, Angel, had happened to, we'd actually happened to cross paths um, on my way to the pharmacy and uh, they had um, went ahead and decided to, that they would be willing to, because we've been spiritual kind of, um, we've been spiritual friends with one another in our journeys. We both have similar pasts and really seeking in similar ways. Um, and so uh, she offered to um, pray on my medication. And so uh, we were in the Castro. And so we went to the Castro stop just above the Castro stop. And uh, I gave her my, my pills and she, she prayed over them. Um, and, uh, and then um, I felt like then there was some me time that I needed. And so she prayed over my stuff, which was really cool. And again, it wasn't planned, but it just kind of came together in a way that made a lot of sense. And it really made a lot of sense that it was her uh, that did it for me and with me. Um, that night I went home and I did kind of my own little, um, you know, I set up my altar and I lit my candles and said some prayers and I took my first dose of my hormones. Um, my trans uh, identity and me living into my transness is a spiritual awakening for me. I feel like it's a, it's an awakening to um, a part of me um, that I'm coming awake, you know, I'm becoming awake to, I'm coming to be known, I'm coming to know more of. And so, um, so, so I've really tried to be really intentional um, or super connected to uh, spiritual practice, even though many times I don't even know, like, I feel like the more I've been in this journey, the less of an idea of what I know, I think I know when it comes to God and everything. Um, as in, I don't, like, I feel like I knew exactly, or like, you know, I had religion or I had certain ways and uh, calling God and connecting with God. And some of those things have started to really come into question for me over the last few years. Um, not in the sense that that stuff isn't true anymore, just that maybe I need to try something different. Um, and so, um, I feel like I have an experience with what I sometimes call God just because it's easier. Um, but really it's just, um, and, and the more that I've sought this sort of understanding or sought more of this connection or intention or been more aware of how I'm connected to the all parts of myself, um, how I'm connected to you, how I'm connected to the rest of the world, to, to the land, to the, to the creatures. And to me, like, God is what's in between all of that. God is what kind of holds it all together, allows space for us all to exist, but also um, connects us. Uh, and uh, so I feel like a lot of my journey is to be able to get to a point in my life or continue to get to a point in my life where I can live as if I know that to be true always. If I knew I was connected to, to all of these things and we were one and what I did impacted them. And yeah, I was well and aware and could do the things that, um, you know, how would I move through the, through the world in a way that um, I guess would be best for, for uh, more people, I guess. I don't know. I guess, I guess just having some intentionality around that oneness, around that solidarity that I think that connectedness that um, I have within myself and I have with you. And so I feel like I'm getting a little heady with all of this um, 
so I'll kind of like pivot a little bit um, for whatever reason. Um, I feel like um, talking about my experience with my body um, has been one of the biggest journeys uh, or the biggest, uh, it's like the thing you know. Like I knew like if this was a physical aspect of my body and stuff, but I really wasn't sure how I was going to feel about it or um like as my body changed i didn't know if i wanted those results um i do want to say though that like i've been really happy for the most part with um with the physical changes that my body has gone through and you know in two years they say five years is a good amount of time to be on hormones before things really kind of settle in i think um and so i started off on a lower dose too um but within you know, a few weeks, I was, I was certain that I wanted to just go full bore. Um, I didn't go full, full bore right away. Um, I didn't start, um, a, I guess I would say just the whole dosing, um, until the beginning of last year. So, um, anywho, they say that it takes about five years for, um, I don't know, I think for things just to kind of settle in, in a way that there might not be big growth or big changes. And so um, there's been times when my body just felt like it was two different bodies. Um, But now I feel like I'm really coming into having one body. I've been loving to have curves and having, you know, just to have curves um, and have more of a shape um, that feels like it suits me. Um, And, uh, uh, I've been excited about growing breasts and I've been, um, you know, the hair thing is, you know, something I'm still figuring out, <laughs> you know, um, you know, there's certain things that, you know, transitioning at 40 versus something I could have done when I was younger. There are certain things that testosterone and life has already done to my body. And so um, there's only so much, you know, that uh, hormones will do to a person, Um but uh, I, but as it is, I've been really happy with with the physical changes as well, which again was not something I was so sure that I would have. Um, I'm happy to be not traveling so much. Um, one of the challenges that has been in my transition um, this two years is I've also been doing a lot of travel, and so traveling while in transition has been really interesting in the sense of like because as your body's changing and you're wanting to be seen different and people are seeing you um, not as you want to be seen, especially like in public settings and in situations where people probably wouldn't know those things about you. Um, it, it kind of got interesting and eventually airports got to be really difficult because the more I started to transition, the more I would kind of read more feminine, but, um, but also I had male identified things and so you know and they had this thing where they pushed man male button or female button um as for security and so it got to where um they would click the the female button but then my body wasn't fully matching that and so you know my there would be certain parts of my body that would show up to have things that they didn't expect to be there. Um, and so then that led to like a lot of patting down and things like that. So it was really affirming in the sense that people would, I guess, pick a button that was more feminine and read me as more feminine, which is what I was searching for. Um, 
but then kind of putting me through this other thing that the, the, I guess the categories were reading something else. And so there was this kind of disconnection. And so it was this mixed bag of feeling affirmed and also um, then unaffirmed. And also then it created these really difficult situations where I had to get patted down uh, in my private areas um, almost every time I went through. And it was always like this, like, um, it was just a really uncomfortable thing. And sometimes I was able to just like be fine with it. And other times I felt it, found it very violating um, and um, humiliating at times um, to kind of go through that process. And so um, that's, that's been one of, I think the challenges Um, also, you know, I think a lot of my emotions have changed. Um, There's been a lot of emotions and feelings and things that I have, that I'm connected to, which is beautiful and great, but I didn't necessarily have the tools um, mentally um, as well as I think just practices in life to really um, know how to, like I had to learn how, how to adjust, and how to work with these new emotions and these new feelings and um, these new sensations um, and kind of figuring out how to respond to them or how not to respond to them as in not letting it like take up whatever experience I'm having with to kind of, you know, impact everything in my life in say a negative way or a difficult way. If I was feeling a little down or emotional that I didn't let it keep me from doing what I needed to do that day or showing up for what I needed to show up for um, where at times I wasn't able to do it because again, I was dealing with these emotions that I had never really dealt with before. And I was in these environments and situations that I didn't have a lot of control in. So it's been definitely quite the journey. Um, I, I would not, um, I'm so grateful to be on this journey. Uh, and there are so many more pluses than, and even like the, um, like when I'm talking about like these challenges or these differences, it's not even about like, Hmm. I'm trying to say like it's just kind of like any other new thing it's like when you don't like to equate it this way but it's whenever you start to do anything new you're going to have um you're just kind of these new experiences and you're going to learn how to how to kind of adjust to them and uh work with what you have and and it's not in the in the sense that it's actually a bad thing that you're going through these challenges I guess but it's really just part of the process um and it's a necessary and good part of the process um, that can at times feel um, not so great or can can kind of slow us down or delay us or distract us. Um, I don't know if anything good is coming out of this, but um, I really tried to put my um, myself in a, a state of uh, connected to myself and prayer and um, heart-centered to where I um, I don't know. Sometimes, you know, one thing that I've come to learn is that, uh, or come to experience is that one, I mean, this is not that serious. I'm taking some time to share my experience, you know, maybe it's going to be good. Maybe it's not like that's really irrelevant. Um, uh, especially over time. <laughs> um, but I've found when I can just like not, orchestrate too much of what I'm trying to say or what I'm trying to get across 
that um, that leaves more room for um, for other things to be said and other things to be expressed that I may not have thought about um, and that actually might end up landing on someone else a little bit more. Like it might be something that they connect to. I remember when I used to travel around and talk with um, young people about my HIV experience and uh, how I would, because I would literally sometimes talk to, you know, seven or eight classes in a day. So hundreds of students in a day or, you know, over time. And um, you start to learn what people connect with and what they don't connect with. But I often found myself thinking like, oh, this is the thing I really want to drive home and then they're they're not even connected on that. They're connected about the fact that I talked about, like I made some random co- comment about maybe my favorite uh, fo- football team or uh, some experience I had with my dad or whatever. And that's the thing that somebody really connects to that then everything else they're kind of open to as well. Um, and so when it comes down to these moments when we get a little bit of time to be able to just share from our heart and our mind, I think that's where kind of the the God stuff comes in where, um, you know, we just say what we, we say, what comes to our mind and we talk about it and then we put it out into the world and whatever's done with it isn't necessarily none of my business. Um, and I can just hope and trust that like when it lands on somebody else or they come across it, whether it's you're listening to it right now, or it's something that you come across in a couple months or Monday or Tuesday or, or maybe not at all, you know, like um, it's really kind of none of my business. Um, and so I've kind of learned that in a lot of recovery meetings over and over and over and support groups and things like that. You just share your experience and, and just let go and let go and see what happens. And so um, that's kind of what this idea is around. Say something is um, having an opportunity just to say what's on my mind, but also for me to try to, um, again, put words to my experience, to what's happening for me right now, as best as I can. Um, I'm feeling a little like today was a little different than maybe what um, I'd kind of hoped, you know, it's like two years being on hormones is a big, it's kind of a big experience. And so um, it's, it's, uh, I don't know, it's, I just feel like I could never probably speak fully um, and in a way that adequately um, conveys what my experience has been uh, this last couple of years um, with having access to medication and uh, all the other things that have led to me, you know, um, becoming more of who I am and, and being the person today and knowing myself in the ways that I know myself. And um, thank you so much, Otto. Uh, it's nice of you to say Um I appreciate you popping in and saying something. Uh, oftentimes I'm talking to no one <laughs> um, live. And so it's always nice to hear from folks who happen to be listening. Um, I'm right at the end of uh, my time here and um, uh, check out, you know, subscribe to my channels. Um, I do, I, I do a lot of different things where I, I love talking with other people about their experience with their transness or drag or spirituality and all that sort of stuff. So check out the links in the description if you're curious to know more about me um, or, you know, send me a message or anything like that. Um, I'm not really sure what else to say. I do want to say thank you to my patrons who um, 
uh, you know, who's, who help me out on a monthly basis. Um, all the work that I do, I do do like everything that I do um, work. I do workshops. I speak, I, all these sorts of like, whatever um, I work one-on-one with people um, around their transition as a, as a chaplain, I try to work around people in death and dying to themselves. Um, chaplains are usually with people with death and dying in the body. Um, I feel like I want to be with people during the process of an identity shift. Um, when we come to see ourselves differently, I think that's a death and that's a birth. And um, for some identities and some of the identities that I've held over my lifetime, I was told that my spirit or my spirituality was not something that um, I could access anymore or that I was eligible for. And so when I was able to get to a space where I could invite and notice that my spirit and my understanding of God and everything was actually at play um, in the past and in my now, um, that um, it changed my experience of things. Um, and it allowed me to heal and move forward um, in a way that um, helps me, um, helps me even now. Um, and so I really love being with people who are going through that process of coming to see themselves differently um, and just helping them invite or remember that they have a spirit, they have a soul, and it's a part of that process too. And they might do well to connect with community or just have space to talk about it in whatever way that you know and understand. Um, Again, I just got to a place in my life where I... um, (laughs) I got to a place in my life where I am, um, where I, uh, I don't know where I was going with that, but anywho, um, <laughs> I kind of lost my train of thought and I'm at that 33 minute mark. So I do want to stop. So um, check out next week. Um, you can hear me ramble on more or uh, continue to say something. So uh, take care, have a great rest of your day. And uh, until next time, goodbye. Bonnie Violet here again. Just wanted to take a second to let you know about Splintered Grace Podcast. Splintered Grace Podcast just completed its fifth season entitled Still Seeking. Splintered Grace is a podcast that I co-host with my aunt, who is a conservative Christian and one of my biggest supporters in my trans identity and just life in general. While many family members are choosing to no longer speak, we have chosen to sit at the table and engage in difficult conversations to find peace and restoration. 
over our 24-year relationship, we have had a lot of ups and downs, and we haven't always really liked each other. We definitely never understood each other, and still some of it we don't. But we love one another so much and so hard and really work hard to show up for one another. And our hope is that by listening to this podcast, others may be able to begin to have peace and restoration in some of their other relationships with family members and or other loved ones. Uh, Check it out, Splintered Grace Podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts or on YouTube. Take care. Love you. Bye.